Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning, CCF. Okay, let us uh, get ready now to open up this service unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But I want to um, just read the scripture really quick. It's, um, you don't have to find it. It's uh, Psalm 27, verse 4. And it says like this, One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in his presence all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty, the delightful loveliness, and the majestic, majestic grandeur of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So, Father, hallelujah, we just thank you, God. We thank you for the dawning of a new day, O oh Lord. God, I thank you because today you woke us up, O oh Father, hallelujah. Lord, and you just, God, gave us strength, oh, Lord God, to, Lord God, come into your house. And today, Lord, we're going to come in here, oh, God, with a heart full of praise, with a heart full of thankfulness, with a heart full of gratefulness unto you, oh, God, because you are worthy and alone are worthy of all our praise, all our our, our gratefulness, oh God. And Father, I just thank you. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, oh Lord. Father, I pray for those that are on their way that they may come, oh Lord God, and come into your house, oh God, and gaze upon your beauty because you are so beautiful, Father. You are so majestic, oh Lord, hallelujah. Father, I thank you for my pastors, oh God. I thank you that you continue to bless them, oh Lord God, and pour into them, oh Lord, Father God. I bless them and I bless their families and their children and their children's children, oh God. I thank you for every minister of this house, oh God, every deacon, every usher, oh Lord God, every layman, every laborer, oh Lord God, in this place that, Lord Father, that they just, they work, oh Lord God, with such love, oh God, and with such faithfulness, oh Father, and Lord, you will reward them, oh God, because God, they're doing it unto you, oh Lord, hallelujah, oh Holy Spirit, you are welcome, you are welcome, oh I ask that you take control, take control of this place today, take control of this service, hallelujah, shift the atmosphere that those that are going to be watching online hallelujah all will feel the presence the very essence of who you are today my God and Lord that will set aside their fears that will set aside their burdens oh God and their problems father and Lord they will open up their mouth and give you the highest praise hallelujah father I thank you oh God Lord I present the speaker for today hallelujah and I ask you oh Lord Father God, that you will pass burning coals, oh Father, upon her lips, oh God, and that every word that proceeded out of her mouth will be like a double-edged sword, my God, piercing, piercing the heart, piercing the soul, the spirit, and the mind of those that are going to be watching, those that are here, that that word that you have placed in her heart, my God, will be a word that's going to resound for days on end, oh Lord God, there will be feedback, oh Lord Father, and I thank you, oh Lord God, for what you're doing in this season in her life, oh God, Lord, we lift up the worship team, and Father, I, I pray that this worship, oh God, will be pleasing, 
unto you, oh Father God. It will go, oh Lord, to your throne as a sweet-smelling fragrance, Father. Also, I thank you. Let's just take a second and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you have done and you continue to do. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you and I worship you, oh God, with all my being, oh Lord. Because if it had not been for you, Father, where will we have been, oh God? But you chose us before the foundations of the world. Lord, you separate us, you separated us, oh God, for a purpose, oh Father. So Lord, here's this service unto you. Holy Spirit, come in like a flood. Hallelujah. Let the rivers of joy just come in, come in, come in and saturate us, oh Father. As we saturate your kingdom with our praises, oh God. Because you are highly exalted, you are magnified, oh God. And you are worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. And the people of God say, let us worship, let us magnify, let us glorify the King of kings. And the Lord of Lords. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, if you've been paying attention to the media lately, people are getting nervous around the world. There's this incident where the Vatican told all of the churches, all of the uh, Catholic churches around the world to start sending all their money home to the Vatican City, which we know is a sovereign nation. And it kind of triggered this nervousness. People are getting scared. Like, is this the, is this the end of the world? Is this Jesus coming? There's the rapture. Is a... And while everybody else is getting nervous, those who belong to Jesus are getting joyful. Some of the most unspiritual people I've ever met in my life started asking me questions about the Bible this week. Hallelujah. And they're like, man, you know what's going on? Is this the end of the world? And I just, I stand there and I smile. And I say, you know what? Here's why you're scared. You don't know my God. If you knew my God, you would be rejoicing. You'd be smiling. You'd be celebrating at the thought that Jesus is coming to take me home. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
rejoice at the thought of your glorious appearing, O oh God. Jesus is coming. 
Say, be ready. the song. I'd really like to hear you sing it today with us. With everything, with everything. 
music, I'm going to be like, <laughs> it's just not right, just not right. <laughs> yeah, seven, 70s. <laughs> God bless you all. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. And, uh, excited about this fall. A uh, lot of good things happening. Uh, and we're planning and in preparation of making sure that uh, we honor several very pivotal moments in the history of this church. And I have 
couple of things that are going to be happening. Uh, for we have several and uh, several celebrations. One of them is the Get Back to Church Sunday, which is October the 9th. And I appreciate it. You guys got the memo. You're here. Uh, so for those of you that are local, we know we have brethren, and I know um, Pastor Eileen right now, she's attending. She's with us right now. She lives in North Carolina. So obviously she can't get back to church on Sunday because she's with us already, right? And then Brother Robert, who is one of the most faithful members we have, right? Yeah. He was even in yesterday's training yeah. with Minister Mickey. And I got in a bit and we're chatting on, on the, what is it, the Zoom? Yeah, we have the Zoom together. So that is so awesome. But November the 9th, those that forgot that they're supposed to get back to church. No, no, no. I'm thinking what I'm going to say. <laughs> if you don't come no, November, or rather October 9th, then what's going to happen is I will send somebody personal to your house. And then we will handcuff you and bring you to the next service forcefully because you're supposed to be in church October the 9th. Amen. Everybody's smirking at me like if I'm not, I don't mean it. You're right, I don't mean it. But anyway, October the 9th, get to church. And then we have Pastor Tanya Fuentes who's coming on the 16th. Pastor Tanya Fuentes is a dear friend. I'm talking about 25, 30 year dear friend. And she's a woman of God. She's doing a great, great work in New Jersey. She works together with uh, Pastor Jason Alvarez and uh, she's been pastoring in uh, New Jersey for many, many years. And uh, uh, just a woman of God, a prophetic nature. She's just a, a sound leader. And I'm really excited that she's gonna be here with us. You know, thank God that the COVID season is over. We can start to get back to normal life, normal. Uh, it's not routine because this is a new normal. Uh, really, really, um, everything has changed. So we have to be uh, loose on our feet. We have to be ready to shift and change as needs happen, as emergencies happen. But we've learned that. We've learned how to walk through emergencies. Whereas before, what happened? What happened? Where? What? When? You know, right? We, we got caught like deer in headlights. Not just us, but nationally, internationally. But now we're more sensitive and, and we, we know how to move quicker and make sure that we honor um, each other. We honor um, the Lord, of course, and, and our serving God. And I appreciate that, that we're, we can adjust to scenarios more quickly. So praise God for that. Then November the 13th, we're going to have Bishop Reefer Mott. He's going to be with us. A great man of God, another dear friend that's we've been friends for many, many years. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. October the 6th, put this in your calendar. Very, very pivotal. How many of you were on that Zoom call with the prophet, prophet Maiden? Okay, all right. So you, you saw what happened, right? He took his time with each person and he just shared uh, uh, the word of knowledge and the prophetic as the Lord gave him for each individual. But what happened was his time ran out because he was taking his time. And, and I appreciate that. He, you know, he just didn't say, the Lord says he loves you next. The Lord says that. No, no, he took his time. And those of you that are there understood that. You saw that. Well, we were able to get him on another Zoom um, service. It's going to be October the 6th. So if you're interested, it's not anything you have to pay for, right? It's, you know, the ministry is taking care of him. Uh, but I just want him to minister to some more of the leaders and some more of you, you know, as, as the Lord would lead him, right? So it's going to be, again, on Wednesday at 4 p.m. 
October 6th. So I'm going to be there. What? That's Thursday? Well, it's like I said, Thursday, October 6th. Are you not listening to me? Thank you. Thank you for the correction. Anyway, I know it's October 6th. Um, but anyway, um, wow, this is an amazing thing, so we all should be there. Uh, last, last time, there were about 70-something some, of us that were there, and so there was, it was a wonderful time, a wonderful impartation. You know, the Spirit of God is moving, and we, yes, we've heard about false prophets out there, but you know they're true prophets? You know, there's a real word of knowledge. Uh, you know, oh, that stuff is of the devil. No, the Scripture makes it very clear that the Spirit of God gives gifts. What we see many times is the false gifts in operation. You know why? Because the devil's an imitator. He doesn't create anything, anything new. He imitates to try to get people away from the real. And so we, we need to just understand and discern the real. And it always has to be connected with the word of God. Bottom line. Uh, you know, we're not into experiential faith. We're into biblical faith. You know, if you tell me the Lord said, that's okay. Uh, what I'll first do is I'll hear it, listen to it, and see if it aligns with Scripture. If it doesn't align, align with Scripture, I don't care what you said, it's not God. Amen. Bottom line. Now, I could say that with all certainty, because God will never prophesy something, or uh, he would not send anybody to prophesy something that's against his own word. Amen. It just doesn't happen. So anyway, so I'm, I'm excited about these things. Praise God. Uh, appreciate Minister Al. Uh, this, this past Friday, he shared his, shared his testimony and some of the things that he's been through as a police officer. It's amazing how we could share our faith in our jobs. Are you aware that your job is part of your worship? Are, your job is part of your expression of who God made you to be. And it expresses in different ways, like we learned yesterday. We have different characteristics about ourselves. You know, the way I do it is not going to be the way you do it. So uh, if there's some recordings, some of us need to hear that. So praise God. Um, all right, we're, we're about ready to uh, enter into this next phase, which is we're going to offer something unto the Lord. And you know the scriptures speak much about that. Jesus spoke about giving. And actually one time um, he spoke to the Pharisees, which were professional givers. And he says, you, you, you people tithe. You tithe of your cumin, your anise, your tithe of all your uh, spices. You do all that. But you forgot the weightier matters of the law which is love, respect, honor, honoring God, honoring each other. You're so much into the little things. You know, that's what he did. He identified giving an offering as one of the basics. He said, these you ought to have continued doing, but do not neglect the weightier matters of the law. Love, grace, and, and honor, and mercy, and those type of things. So giving is like basic 101. But are we giving and are we loving each other? If we give to God, quote unquote, but we don't honor each other, we don't respect each other, we don't pray, we don't seek God, your offerings are useless. Because it's not about that. Because the dollar, which we, of course, operate in dollar denomination because we are Americans. If it was Ecuador, it'd be a different you know, type of currency. If it was China, it'd be a different currency. But the dollar is only good for buying bread, buying a car, you know, clothing. You can't take that to heaven. How many know that you can't do that? The pharaohs taught us very well. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, they brought their money with them, or so they thought. They brought 
the, the gold into the sarcophaguses, into the pyramids, and hundreds of, or th maybe even a, over a thousand years later, people broke in and took it all because it didn't translate into heaven. In heaven, gold is what? Pavement. The streets are lined with gold. It's important here. See, so God sees what we use, you know, the resources he gives us, how we're going to handle it. And de depending on how we handle it, he sees if our heart is right or not. What's happening today? People get into politics, they promise us a lot of things, and then three, four, five years later, they become multimillionaires. How in the world can you become a multimillion dollars on a $175,000 salary? It's because once they get in, they get together, break the laws, right? Inside a trading one of those, and they become rich. But we can't do it, right? See, so in this earth realm, what happens is many people, they start right, but the avarice of the heart comes forth. The greed, the power mongering. So God looks at that. And how does he look? How do we handle our stuff? How do we handle our finance? How do we minister to others when nobody else is watching? So when we give unto the Lord, it's not something that you should be parading. When you give unto the Lord, it should be coupled with the fact that you're doing it out of love. You're ministering to, to your friends, your family members out of love. Anything other than that, actually, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 makes it very clear. Even if I burn my body, but I have love, it's nothing, a waste of time. If I can prophesy, if I can preach, I can do all these great things, but I have not love. It says I'm like uh, one of these things over there. Give me, give me, give me one, give me one. That's what that sounds like in heaven. You know, that was cheap, man. Give me a good one. That's what it sounds like. Imagine that. that. That's what the prophetic said. That's what the apostle said. And in heaven, that's what it sounds like. When our life is out of order, it's a cacophony of sound. It's not a unified sound. Are we sending up to heaven a unified sound of love, of grace? And what we do and what we give, is it based on love? Is it based on our love for God? Because when we give, what we're doing is we're saying to God, God, I'm partnering with you in this earthly realm. And I'm taking a portion of that which you've blessed me with, because by, by the way, he's the owner of all the gold and silver. And I am sharing it with my church family, with my community, with those that have need. So praise God. Let's all stand and let's get ready to give. But what is your motive? What is your motive? God was very angry at the people in the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3. And he told them something very unusual. He said, you people have, have stolen from me, you have robbed from me. And they said, wow, wow, how have we robbed you? He said, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. And that was an Old Testament thing. You know, there was a law to give during that time. But why would God even say that? It's because when he created man, he made man responsible for all of the resources in the earth. So when he's going to do something in the earth, by necessity, he has to partner with man. Oh, he's God. He could do whatever he wants. You're right. But he said, I make you in charge. So when God speaks a thing, it becomes law in heaven and in earth. God himself submits to the very law that he creates. So on the earth realm, when something's going to happen, it happens through man. The good, the bad, and the ugly. 
So when God's about ready to move, he'll speak to you and me. Son, daughter, I need my presence in this area. I need my resources in this area. And what do we say? Of course, Lord. What do we need? What are we going to do? You don't believe that? Look throughout scriptures. Why in the world did God tell Moses, Moses, lift up your rod? Why didn't God just separate the ocean? Because he had to partner through man, because God established man and the earth realm. Why did we even need a Moses? Why did the Elijah, Elijah the prophet, why when God wanted to judge Israel, why did he send the prophet to tell the king, it's not going to rain until I say so? Why did he say that? Why didn't God just stop the rain? Because God authorized man in this earth realm. We have authority. That's why our prayers are necessary, because we have to pray some things into existence in the earth realm. It's God's will. But why do we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven? It's because when we catch heaven's will, we declare heaven's will on earth. See, so everything we do is connected with that partnership. So our giving is part of that partnership. God was angry at, at Israel of old because they, what they did, instead of helping the, the other people in their region, in, instead of financing the things that God would bless them, they took it upon themselves. They made their own homes and, and panel homes and beautiful homes, and they were neglecting the house of God. So God got angry at them. And then he said, test me in this, try me in this. If I would not bless you, I would not open up the windows of heaven. So in the New Testament, Paul also describes something similar. He says, God blesses those that give. He's the one that gives the seed in the first place, but he continues to replenish the seed and even give more so that you can continue to be generous so that the region could give praises to God, so that the region could see the love and the grace of God. That's why we give, because we're partnering with him. Yes. We don't own anything in this earth, not really. We are stewards, yes. and to, that's how God's going to look at what we do. What, what did he put in our hands? How do we use it? Or do we just say to him, me, 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 mine, mine, mine. Well, you can. It's up to you. But for those of us that understand the partnership, we say, no, Lord, what are you doing? What is your will? What are you doing in this, in this region? There's a, a, a revival. Nate, I don't know if you, were you there in that last call? The prophet said that there's a revival literally hovering over the Bronx. And it's waiting to be released. It's just waiting for his people to get into unity. See, it has to be a Bronx-wide unity in order to release a Bronx-wide revival. Revival can break out here if we get into unity here. But for Bronx-wide revival, the other pastors and all the leaders have to get together. Wow, praise God. And so it begins with us. It begins with us. It begins with our hearts. So as, as you give today, remember, you're partnering with God. And God is honored when you do that. It blesses his heart. He's the owner of all the gold and the silver, but he wants to see what you're going to do, how you're going to honor him and honor your call and honor the things that God places in your stewardship. So, Father, this moment I pray for your people. ask your blessing upon them. I pray that you open up the eyes of their understanding that they would be able to clearly see, uh, my Father, that their partnership is so vital during this time, that their giftings, their abilities, their testimonies, Everything that they do is so vital. People are looking at them and observing to see if they see Jesus in them and through them, to see if they see the love of God flow, the weightier matters, Lord, the love, the grace, the tender mercies. Father, I pray for, your, for a great move of your spirit in this place, in all the people that are here and those that are attending the service through the internet. I pray a supernatural move of your spirit, Lord God, upon each and every life, Lord God right there hallelujah um, 
Pastor Eileen, right where you're at, I pray the move of God. I pray your, your, your glory would manifest over your son, your grandson. Uh, Robert, right there uh, in Miami, may your glory, oh, oh God, flow in his life, in his community. And for each of you that are there at home right now, may your glory manifest. I pray that revival would break out in each and every heart, in each and every mind. Right now, my God, may your peace overwhelm, overwhelm us, my Lord. May your glory and everything that the enemy meant for evil, may it turn around for your glory. May it turn around for your good, Lord God, for their good, my God. You see the pain, you see the struggles, you see, uh, Lord, uh, the, 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 the issues that they're all experiencing, my God. But we know that the enemy has come to just try to destroy everything. He's come to destroy uh, lives, ministries, families. But I thank you, Father, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you, Father, that you hear our prayers, my God. So I pray you, dis you dispatch your angels. I pray that you move supernaturally and sovereignly in each life, in the children, in the spouses, my God, in the businesses, in the jobs, my God. Move in their visions that they might see, my God, what you're doing. That may they hear what you are saying, my God. May their testimonies go forth with power, with grace, and, and with joy. Restore to your people the joy of the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Father, as, as we uh, sow uh, a tithe and an offering in your presence, we thank you that you receive it through our high priest. We give you the glory for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right there where you are, tell your neighbor, receive the joy of the Lord. Yeah, say that to two or three other people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's get ready to give. Let's receive instructions from the ushers and give as the Lord would lead you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I have a challenge for you, brothers and sisters, today. There's a very special young lady who turned 90 years old yesterday, and I just want to make sure that you all say happy birthday to Jenna uh, at some point today. Oh, it's today? Oh. Yeah, but like I said, it's today. Today is her birthday. She turned 90. And so I'll make sure that before she leaves, you give her a hug and let her know. Happy birthday, Mommy. And also, Minister Natalie's shirt says tacos. <laughs>
She wants to be here so badly. Um, you know, I, I take these moments of, I learn to not be ungrateful for everything. The fact that we are allowed to rise up in the morning. I take everything for granted. 
I used to take everything for granted, but now I cherish every moment that the Lord has given me. Every opportunity that he gives me to see my wife and see her smile and the hope that she's coming home one day. It is awesome. You know, today I will say to you, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? We used to do that in the world. We would beat somebody and say, yeah, who's your daddy, boy? You know, but who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Is he not greater and higher and more holier than any situation you're in? Who's your daddy? He is the awesome I am, the beginning of the end. He's our healer, our deliverer, our sustainer. Man, I can never, ever say that enough. He is awesome. There's no one more holier, no one more greater, no one more powerful than our awesome I am. Who's your daddy? So when the bills come knocking on your door, you tell them, whatever, my daddy's taking care of this. Who's your daddy? You know, I am a person that gets energized by praising him. There is nothing more great than that we can do when the face of the enemy knocks on your door and you can look at him and say, daddy's got you. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? See, I know who's my daddy. The fact that I'm standing here talking to you, I know who's my daddy. And if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Every one of us have been in a journey since we woke up. Last night when you woke up this morning, you were in a journey. Two weeks ago when you woke up, you were in a journey. Six months ago when you wake up, you woke up, you were in a journey. Six months from now when you wake up, you could be in a journey. But the difference of the journey is do you remember who's your daddy? Who's the navigator of your ship? Who's guiding you? Who's encouraging you? Who's strengthening you? There's no one more greater, no one loves you more than my dad. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. I just made us family. I said my dad. So if he's your daddy, that means we're family. So as family member, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your love, for your prayer, for keeping me and my family up. A couple of weeks ago, my kids got got into it, you know, and it was the silliest, most serious thing that you you could think of. And and my temper went up, and I looked at them and I went, "Sis, I need I need a favor. I need you to call the intercessors and begin to intercede for my family." Said the devil, not gonna steal the joy of the of the Holy Ghost in my family. And you know what? He didn't. He said, I know how to fight. I go back to, to my basics, back to my knee. If you guys are struggling, go back to your basics, man. Go back to your daddy. Because he's the one that got your back. He's the one that got your back. He's the one that brought you this far. And he's the one that's going to take us all away. He said, we will make it to the other side. And we're making it. It might not make it the way you think it should be. You might not even look the same anymore. You know, we all can lose a little weight. (laughs) 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 Because I always pick on Tony, but Tony's been looking like that boy. Like (laughs) Tony's been looking good. (laughs) 
All these men like looking slim and trim. They let the, uh, yeah. How the tongue usually goes. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for being my family and the privilege and honor allowing me to come here and just feel the presence of my dad. I love every one of you. And I just want to tell you thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your love. And I look forward for the day that she walks through those days. God bless you all. Isn't God good? You know, um, today I want to serenade my father. But I was, I, was, I was, you know, like battling in between what song to bring forth to him. And he just confirmed me that the song that I am going to be lifting up to him is the song that many need to hear today. And it's called My Tribute because I can't even explain to you guys how grateful I am to God. So for his honor and his glory, my tribute. Let me get, give me a second because I'm like, <laughs> my stomach is nervous, but this is for his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let it be pleasing, Lord, 
I thank you for all that you have been doing, oh God, and you continue to do in your people, oh Father, in this time and in this season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And guess what, guys? I've been blessed three times today. First, I got to open up and pray for his glory. Second, I come to serenade my father for his glory. And third, I get to present the speaker of today. And what can I say about this amazing, amazing creature, beautiful woman, loving daughter. See, the, the devil tried to snuff her out from my womb, but God said no. And I say this humbly, I'm not saying this with pride, but I am, I am so, so, you know, humble before God, but I am proud of her because of all that she went through and she's still standing because she has a mama that been praying because I ain't gonna let the devil cry out for me and I ain't gonna let the devil touch my family. So she's a loving wife, a loving mother, a loving daughter, a loving sister, a psalmist, Hallelujah. She's a prophet, and now she's a preacher. <laughs> and without further ado, it is my blessing and my honor to present the speaker of today, my daughter and God's servant, Minister Jeanette Martinez Hall. Lord hallelujah it is good to be in the house of the Lord today for this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it I said that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it come on this is the day that the Lord has made and I will choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Come on, take a moment to give God the glory and the honor because he's worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I sense by the leading of the Holy Spirit that the atmosphere is already shifting. Mindsets are already being healed. That spirit of fear is being loosed from you today in Jesus' name. I declare that every lying tongue Every whisper and vain imagination that rises up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ come down now in Jesus' name. I also sense by the leading of the Holy Spirit that we ought to be careful to not grieve the Holy Spirit with a set time that you will allow him to work for you being here because it's not doing him a favor, but it is for your own good, hallelujah. So be focused, be present, and be intentional in this day. I declare that we as a people have come together in one accord to give our worship to the king and to receive kingdom instructions. That if we lay hold, oh God, if we lay hold, we'll change our lives forever. Amen. It all starts with Jesus' command. 
worry. Hallelujah. So as we continue in this series of Fear Not, today's topic is on focus on today. My God, if you can get a revelation today that this is so vital that you will understand that Jesus commanded us to not worry and that we are giving a day called today. And you're only supposed to focus on today. I tell you, you will be set free. I tell you, you can manage the affairs of your home in freedom. You can walk in the authority and victory of Jesus Christ because you're chosen to obey. Focus on today. You may be seated at this moment. Hallelujah. Come on. See, this practical application has powerful results if you put it into practice. So here are five things we need to do in order to be focused on today. The big idea. Our concern and energy need to be focused on the day in front of us. Think. Consider how freeing it is to only be concerned with one day at a time, rather than feeling the pressure to manage the entire future all at once. Feel. Be encouraged. Even Christ prayed for daily bread, which is sustenance, and told his followers not to spend time worrying about tomorrow, which is the future. Do. Be released from the future fear, worry, and anxiety, and focus your energy on today. Let us pray. Lord, help us to let go of all our plans and ideas about how things should be done in the future. Help us to be present in the day we are living. Help us to trust that you will provide all that we need today. Hallelujah. The main scripture is found in Matthew 6.11 and Matthew 6.34. The supplemental scriptures will be in Isaiah 41.10, 43.1, and Matthew 6.25-34. So once again, God bless you, brothers and sisters, and those that are online, God bless you. And I have to say welcome back to all those whom I haven't seen in a minute, but God is, I'm so grateful that you are here today with us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So today is our third week in our Fear Not series. So far we've talked about the difference between healthy and unhealthy fear. We know that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but rather a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. We also learned that fear has a proper place. Can anyone here today tell me where fear, anxiety, worry, and doubt, etc., belong? Can anyone tell me? Where does it belong? Come on, in Jesus' name. They belong in God's hands. Amen? There is this declaration that I have taught my children and have even recommended to others to say repeatedly and with authority. Sending a reminder to the enemy, the devil himself, when fear rears its ugly head. Listen up. You're a liar and a thief, and you will not have my peace. You're a liar and a thief, and you will not have my peace. Come on. You're a liar and a thief, and you will not have my peace. One more time. You're a liar and a thief, and you will not have my peace. Amen? Amen. Today you are in for a treat. As we're going to look at one of the most important lessons Jesus taught his original followers. This is a teaching that we cannot miss. It's a lifelong importance. Can I'm sorry. 
its lifelong importance cannot be understated. Simply put, as followers of Christ, we are called to be focused on today. Hallelujah. Let's be honest about something. The opportunities for fear, for anxiety, for worry, for doubt are at historical high levels. It's well documented that people are struggling in these areas as much right now as they ever have. The current climate only makes Jesus' words more wonderful to hear when he says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. One more time, the Savior of mankind said, do not worry about tomorrow. Hallelujah. And what does that leave us with? It leaves us with the day at hand. It allows us to be focused on today, to be present, and to deal appropriately with every circumstance and situation that comes up. I don't know about you, but I find this reality to be incredibly freeing. And once I got this revelation and applied it to my life daily, because that's the key, it's daily, hallelujah. I have experienced a change in, my, in how I handle circumstances, amen? amen. See, in Matthew 6, 25 through 34, Jesus gives five reasons why we should not worry. And those five reasons are um, in the letters of I. They all start with I. Let's take a moment to read together more of what Jesus said about worry in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? See, number one is worry is inconsistent. If we can trust Jesus to provide us with our life, can we not also trust him with our daily needs? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Number two is worry is irrational. If our Lord cares for the birds, will he not also care for us since we are more valuable than the birds? Who of you by worry can add a single hour to your life? Worry is ineffective. Who among us can add one cubit, the length from the elbow to the tip of the middle finger to our stature by worry? Worry is illogical. If God can clothe the lilies of the field, can he not also clothe us? Hallelujah. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. Number five, worry is irreligious. See, when we worry, we act just like those who do not know God. Did you hear that? When we act this way, we're acting like the Gentiles, as someone that does not know God. We know God if we are children of God. Hallelujah. But it says here, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Let's begin 
I'm sorry, to begin, let's collectively remember that life is more important than the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the vacation you might take next month, the size of your retirement account, your zip code, or most anything else you might currently be concerned with. In fact, God believes you are so much value, of so much value, that he sent his only son, his one and only son for you, for you, for each and every one of you. Amen? And he died on that cross for us. And he took our place so that we might spend eternity with him. The father doesn't want you wasting one second of, your, of his precious life paralyzed by unhealthy fear and worry and anxiety or doubt. He's willing to take it all on. And if you remember back to last week's sermon, that's the secret that Paul learned. The secret about fear, anxiety, and worry is that they belong in the hands of God, not yours. So Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's in Philippians 4, 6, 7. See, this peace is our safe place. This is where we are to function from. A place of peace, trust, and rest in him. Then and only then can we be most effective in our day. And Jesus says in Matthew that you don't need to worry. It's a waste of your eternally valuable time and energy. See, you remember that the command fear not appears in one form or another 365 times from Genesis to Revelation. And many commentators marvel that God gave us a specific exhortation for every single day of the year. Isn't that awesome? Every single day of the year. Hallelujah. You have a fear not. A fear not. You could literally make a calendar with a different fear not verse just to remind yourself throughout the year. And I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to do so. So here are a couple examples. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. This is in Isaiah 43.1. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's Isaiah 41.10. I want to turn your attention now to something Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer. It's also found in Matthew chapter 6. In regards to the prayer, he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus reminds us of a couple of key things here. First, our God in heaven is holy and worthy of our reverence. He, his will on earth is what we need. And secondly, we need him to give us our daily bread, our daily nourishment and sustenance. See, God has an endless supply of provision for us. Yet, it is not wise to have it all at once, lest we forget to give thanks to the Son. So we must depend on the one who gives us our daily bread instead. Amen? Many of us consume a daily portion of fear, 
add to that anxiety, worry, and doubt. And we're filling ourselves with junk food instead of the divine sustenance we really need. And we all know where a steady diet of junk food leads us. Health problems, heart problems, becoming ineffective in God's kingdom. So before we move on, catch hold of what Jesus is saying. Remember, this is Jesus saying this, okay? So let us catch hold of that, that Jesus is saying in Matthew 6. He's telling you not to worry about tomorrow. It has enough of its trouble of its own. He's also telling you to pray specifically. Ask God for the daily food and nourishment that you need. Even his advice on prayers is focused on your practical everyday needs. That's how much he cares for us. That's how much the Father cares for us. You see, God is not only the eternally divine creator of the entire cosmos, he's also your heavenly father, and he cares for your well-being. See, he knows that every single day brings along with it an ample amount of trouble. This includes things to be scared of, worried about, and anxious over. I believe that is why he's given us a daily reminder to fear not. I believe that this is why he's reminding us to ask specifically for our daily bread. And I believe this is why we're told to stay focused. Focus on today. God in heaven knows that a single day at a time is enough of a challenge for you and I. We must resist the temptation to worry at all costs. See, I said earlier that I thought this was all incredibly freeing. And I want to elaborate on that a bit here. To do that, I need to call your attention back to what we learned about fear the past couple of Sundays. First, we talked about the difference between healthy and unhealthy fear, the reverential fear. This is the fear of God, right? It's a healthy fear. For scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Second, we talked about putting fear in its proper place which was putting it back into the hands of God. For Jesus said, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. That word cast is literally to thrust back, hallelujah, that care to with force. It's to throw it right back, to thrust it on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not supposed to be entangled with it. You're supposed to give it and release it to the Lord, amen? When you add that to what we're learning from Jesus, I'm sorry, from Jesus today, you begin to see how fear can be overcome. With some self-discipline and confidence in the process, you can take fear, worry, anxiety, and doubt and put them in the proper place, knowing that your responsibility is to be focused on today. I mean, you keep hearing this repeatedly because it's important. We as people and as sheep, <laughs> we need to hear things sometimes over and over and over again. Hopefully it sticks because that is our responsibility to live for today. You don't have to be consumed with what might happen tomorrow or next month or when the kids go off to college. You're too valuable and your time on earth is too precious to be lost to future fear that truly you don't have control over anyhow. See, the only control you and I are to have is to be self-controlled, which is the fruit of the spirit, amen? Hallelujah. I'm going to share a testimony that my son gave me permission to share. <laughs> Amen. It was last year about this time, first day of school had begun, and unfortunately, so had the chaos of school bus transportation department as well as the school system. 
I had received my son's bus route schedule by mail, and it was a pickup stop that was nearly 25 minutes away and up a hill. I would have had to leave home while still dark, walking in a very dark street that is not safe. I had to write a letter for him to be picked up at the usual stop, which is only four minutes away. I would have had to wait and pray that, would, that they would accommodate since there was a shortage of drivers due to the COVID situation. So off we went, Jim was off that day, and we drove him to the bus stop. Time had come to get him. At the stop, we were waiting for over an hour and a half. You know, the first day, listen, it is what it is, right? Finally, the bus shows up and I'm waiting for my son to come off the bus. And I said to the driver, where is my son Joshua? And he gave me this look like, oh no, I dropped him off at another stop, come on. Imagine one of a mother's greatest fears. <laughs> I yelled frantically, where is my son? I've been here an hour and a half waiting. My mind began thinking, my son has been gone for an hour and a half, Ironically, he had dropped him off at the original stop that I was praying about at the time. I jumped in the van, and let me just say, the devil is an opportunist, tempting me to fear the worst. Why? Because the trauma this defeated foe caused me to go through as a child, especially one day when I was going to school and a man in a car began following me for blocks on it. The devil is very cunning. So thoughts began to flood within seconds. I am the type that when trouble comes, I get into the zone, laser focus, um, so that I can think straight, like ready to fight if need be. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so I did just that, and I heard the Holy Spirit say to call Nancy, who is my neighbor. I called, got a busy signal. I panicked, um, panicked, wanted to set in, and then the phone rang and it was Nancy. She had been calling me. She said, Jeanette, Joshua is here. Hallelujah, come on, <laughs> hallelujah. Now crying, voice crackling, uh, we got him. And of course, Mama Bear starts searching his whole body and making sure he's okay. I see this little boy became a young man that day. He said, Mom, and I want you to pay attention. That's why it's important that we instruct our children daily to bend and to believe God. He said, Mom, I don't know why I was dropped off there. He told me to get off. So I just started walking really fast and watched for cars as I crossed the street. Mind you, he had to cross a four-way street by himself. Joshua said, home felt very far, but I felt God was with me. Come on, that is awesome. He then said, he heard the Lord say, Joshua, do not go to the other neighbor, but go to Nancy. Wow. He obeyed, and she was there, and she let him in. I called the transportation department. I didn't want the bus driver to get fired or anything, but I needed this to not happen again. I spoke with the driver. He was very, very sorry. Um, come to find out, he is a fellow believer in the Lord. Later that day, he came by the house in his own car and wanted to really apologize to us. See, Jim Kids and myself were standing by his car, and the Lord began to give Jim a word of knowledge about his life and journey. See how God works all things together? The man is amazed, his eyes are watering, and, he, and we began to exchange faith experiences and invited him to our church. 
the following week or two, he came with his family, came to CCF, and they were blessed. And um, the rest of the school year, he was very attentive to Joshua. And that does a mama good, right? <laughs> he gave me cell number and everything. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. And by the way, I was able to get the stop that we needed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. So one of the very things a mother fears had happened. But I clearly felt like God had allowed this to happen. I don't like cars all the time. <laughs> because of my childhood trauma, he wanted and needed to deal with this unhealthy fear. And that he wanted me to really understand that he has my children and that he cares for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Forgive me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. See, as people of God, we live and walk by faith. We trust God even in the face of fear. And as we're learning through this series, we can play an active role in identifying fear and giving it back to God. This is our daily responsibility. It reminded me of the story in Numbers 13 and 14, where the 12 spies went to explore the promised land. They returned with a fear-filled report about the giants who lived in the fortified cities throughout the land. Caleb and Joshua were the only spies who trusted that God would deliver his people into the land as he had promised. The rest of the spies and all the people rebelled against God and Moses and decided it would be better to return to slavery in Egypt. In this instance, it cost God's people 40 additional years of wandering in the desert. See, wandering and wandering all day long. Murmuring and complaining was their constant song. An 11-day journey took them 40 years long, and for many, never coming home. See, if we are not careful, worry and fear can make us believe that being enslaved again is better than being free, because it's a familiar place and we already know what to expect. That, my brothers and sisters, is irrational, and it is based on a desire for control over our lives. We are not in control. God is. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? So the people of God allow fear to rob them of the promises of God and steal their precious time. For most, it meant the rest of their lives. Obviously, the story I just shared is an intense one. In fact, it is one of the most painful stories in the history of God's people being set free from slavery and entering the promised land. Some of the main points of the story, however, are still applicable to us and in our lives today. Is fear robbing you of the promises of God in your life? Is fear stealing your precious time? Are you feeling paralyzed by the potential trouble that the future may or may not bring? I can go on and on here as there are a multitude of ways fear affects and redirects our lives. At the conclusion of the first sermon in our series, Pastor said it speaks to just how destructive, unhealthy fear can be in our lives. That we need power, love, and self-discipline to help us overcome it. We desperately need the discipline to check ourselves throughout the day. 
in our, we need discipline to form new habits in identifying healthy fear from unhealthy fear. And we need abundant power and love in our responses. And today I want to add an important addendum to this statement. We only need to exercise that spirit-filled self-discipline one day at a time. Come on, you gotta hear this. I tell you, you will be set free by that spirit of fear. I tell you, if you laid hold, that only thing that God requires of you and I, hallelujah, is to exercise that spirit-filled self-discipline one day at a time, brothers and sisters. Just one day at a time. In harmony with our Matthew 6 passages from earlier, we just need to be focused on today. I mean intentional, focused, fixed. Oh, on what lies ahead in your day. Because tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. The past two weeks, Pastor has given a specific challenge. And this coming week, I want, to continue, want you to continue them. Every day, I want you to identify areas of unhealthy fear in your life. See, the way you perceive the outcome of a situation can cause you to create an environment that either does not exist or has the potential to be threatening. That's the power of our minds. We got to be careful. We got to guard our minds and our hearts, brothers and sisters. Come on. You must confront your fear and worry by thinking about what you're thinking of. Run after your thoughts before they get carried away by fear and worry. Then I want you to place that fear back in the hands of God through gratitude-laced prayer. I tell you, there's power in gratitude. There's power in giving thanks to God for the unseen things. Hallelujah. For the things that he allows you to see and the unseen. Give thanks to God because he said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you continue to make this a habit, I believe and I've tasted it myself. Hallelujah. That you will begin to experience a divine peace in your life that transcends human understanding. More importantly, I believe you will begin to put a distance between yourself and fear while also living more of the life God has for you. See, God has a perfect plan for your life. And God desires that you live out that plan. He is looking for you to bear the fruit and to walk that walk and talk the talk. Brothers and sisters, it's time to walk the walk and talk the talk in this gospel. Amen? Today is a gift given to us by God. Not to squander, but to redeem the time wisely. Make the most of every opportunity given to you because the days are evil. He said it. It's evil. Fear is a robber of your day. It will take all the joy away. How's your thought life? Are you thinking on things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable? As the scripture says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Or have you allowed fearful thoughts to clutter your mind? Today is the day to get back on track. Focus your attention on him and his purpose for your life and see how he makes everything work out right. You have the power of a disciplined mind, for he has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. 
The mind is a terrible thing to waste. An idle mind is a field day for the devil's work. We must meditate on the Lord and his word daily. Come on, it's daily. Every single day, we cannot skip a beat. Mm -mm. We have to be on guard because the devil is prowling. The devil is seeking. He's sniffing. He's trying to find the weakest link. Keep your mind, keep your heart, for they flow the deepest shoes of life. Don't be in a hurry for your todays to become your tomorrows. Then you will sorrow when your todays have become your yesterdays. Make today count. Be focused. Be present. Be intentional. See, when you allow fear and worry to rule your day, you have no room for family time, recreational time, nor rest. By giving God your todays, you will make room for your tomorrows. Fear not when fear comes. Keep your eyes fixed on the sun. So when the temptation to worry has begun, you are able to overcome. Remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. And you and I will have to choose to rejoice and be glad in it. It's your choice. I want you to imagine for a moment how different the history of the Israelite people could have been if they've been practicing what you are in regards to fear. What if the 12 spies returned from the promised land and led a communal prayer that sounded something like this? Father in heaven, thank you for freeing us from slavery in Egypt. Thank you for providing for us this past 40 days in the desert. And thank you for bringing us here to the very edge of the land you've promised. Lord, we see giants living in the land. They have impenetrable cities, and we're scared. It's hard to see how we might be successful in battle against enemies like them. But God, we know that you can do anything. You spoke to Moses from a burning bush. You parted the Red Sea, and you destroyed the armies of Pharaoh. We trust that you can do this as well. Lead us. Calm our hearts and deliver us into the promised land. Amen? How different would your life look, could my life look, if we were truly focused on today? See, a worried mind ultimately has to do with our belief system. You got to hear that. A worried mind ultimately has to do with our belief system. I'm going to read about what people believe to be a positive belief about worry. Positive belief about worry. You may believe that your worrying helps you avoid bad things, prevents problems, prepares you for the worst, or leads to solutions. Maybe you tell yourself that if you keep worrying about a problem long enough, you'll eventually be able to figure it out. Or perhaps you're convinced that worrying is a responsible thing to do or the only way to ensure you don't overlook something. Or that if you don't worry, you're not caring enough. And it's tough to break the worry habit if you believe that your worrying serves a positive purpose. So once you realize that worrying is the problem, come on, worrying is the problem, not the solution, you can regain control of your worried mindset. That can only be done once again by being focused 
present and being intentional in your today. Here are some practical things we can do to fear not when fear comes. As I stated, be focused, be present, be intentional. When you are present, you give your full attention and focus to the people or situations you experience in that moment. Being present is important if you want to increase your focus and reduce your stress and improve your mindset. See, the biblical intentionality, it involves making a daily choice to glorify God through our lives. God's version of intentionality gives us purpose and direction. It eliminates the needs for striving. We simply follow him and walk according to his will. God truly is in our mundane day-to-day -day affairs. He really is. God is really walking with us every single day. He cares about the mundane things of our lives. He's there in the name of Jesus. It starts by acknowledging that you and I are not in control of certain situations that arise daily. That we must be intentional to be focused and present in our today. That trust is a must in order to have a perfect balance in your day. For scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path plain. You have to be totally engaged in faith. God made it that way. We are to be fully dependent on him for everything. This is why Jesus taught us to model this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. His desire is to care for us. Our responsibility is to believe him for it, receive it, and thank him for it. Hallelujah. So once again, I say to you, fear not when fear comes. Keep your eyes fixed on the sun so when the temptation to worry has begun, you are able to overcome. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I have more than enough time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to ask you to, let's see, because, you know, God is good. See, God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. God is with us here today. And God has spoken to our hearts. See, we may think that this practical thing is just that, yeah, you know, I've heard this before. But God is requiring of us to really put this into practice. We're not going to be able to overcome in the times that are ahead of us. Because as you can see and hear, People are being gripped by fear. And the Bible does make very clear that in the end times, the hearts of men and women will fail them. You've got to see to be stay planted in God, in his ways. So I'm going to ask you to rise. And you know, I know it's not easy when this fear comes knocking at your door unexpectedly, uninvitedly. It turns your world upside down. It makes you feel you're gonna die. I've experienced it. 
But I'm going to tell you once again, you have to look fear in its eye. You have to confront it. If fear is telling you you're going to die, then so be it. Tell it, yes, I will die one day, but I will be with my father for all eternity. You have to confront this fear. God is not called us to be cowards. God takes no pleasure if we shrink back. So today we must rise up. Today we must be bold. Because God said he will never leave us nor forsake us. I want to sing this song over us. And I believe it's the Father that is singing over you today. So do not fear, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, for I am your God, and there is no other who can satisfy the longing deep within, for I am your God. And there is no other. I give strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. Yes, I give power to the weak. Ooh. So when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Oh, when you go through the fire, you're not consumed. In the day of my favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will deliver you. So do not fear, for I am. So do not fear, for I am is with you. So do not fear, for the I am is with you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God desires that you rise up today. The Lord has not given you this spirit of fear. Do not take ownership of it. It doesn't belong to you. He has given you power, love, and a sound mind. The Lord has given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Everything is to be under your feet. The Lord is saying, do not fear, my child. 
don't take ownership of it. Release it today. You're among a body of believers. Some have already overcome it, and some are overcoming it even now. I believe that today breakthrough is here. I believe the word of God that he is able to do the impossible in you. But you now have to believe it. You now have to believe it. That's your part. So repeat with me. Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner in need of you to be my savior. I repent for my sins. May I dare say I repent for my sins of worry because worry is a sin because you're putting the problem above him when he needs to be the focus. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you died on the cross and rose again and are my Lord and Savior. I receive your forgiveness and gift of salvation. I believe I am a new creation in you. Amen. To those that have received the Lord in this day, know that all of heaven is rejoicing with you. The Lord and the angels in heaven are rejoicing because another one has come home. Hallelujah. And to those here in the house and those online, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as I stated, there's rejoicing in heaven. You can call us in the office, which is 718-829-5306. Or you can log on to calvaryny.org. Calvaryny.org. And they will have materials to help you begin this journey. Once again, brothers and sisters, we're on the winning side. It's a win-win situation. All we have to do is simply believe God and stay focused, stay present, and be intentional about your day. Every single day is a gift from God. Tomorrow's not promised to no man. Live for today. is something that the Spirit of God has been giving us that reminder. It's not enough to say you're a Christian. What are you doing daily to be focused and intentional? Praise God. Good word. I don't have to add anything to it. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. Praise God. Amen. So Father, I thank you for your word. We receive your word, Lord God. And we thank you for your kindness, your daily kindness, my God. The fact that you're always with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. And I thank you, Father, for daily provision, daily relationship, daily wisdom, daily understanding, daily discernment, daily strength. 
And Father, as your people get ready to go back to their homes and to fellowship together, I pray, my Father, that this word would become a reality in their hearts, that it might be something that they might practice on a daily basis, daily relationship with you. And for those that received Jesus, I pray, Holy Father, that you would birth them anew, do a miracle in them, my God. Those that are here present and those that are watching online and those that are watching in the, uh, the recording, I pray your glory to manifest. I thank you, Father, that even through the recording, your anointing flows and allows them to sense your presence. And Lord, you are speaking even to them, even in a recording. Father, thank you for that. So I pray, Lord God, I, I thank you also for your angels that encamp around about us and guard us and keep us in all of our ways, wherever we go and whatever we do. And Father, I dismiss from this place, not from your presence, because I know that you're with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. But I thank you that you go with us. Father, we dismiss in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, King of Kings, Lord and Lords Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a blessed and prosperous day. Remember, you are blessed and you are highly favored. So go be that blessing that God has called you to be. Love you.